Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Wealth Standard Podcast. Uh, we're on episode eight of the season that is themed Liberty, which is off of the philosopher John Locke's alluding to life, liberty, and the pursuit of property, which are the elements required for human prosperity. And it's uh, it's been really fun. I mean, this season is something that you know I'm I'm really passionate about, and the guests that I've been fortunate enough to uh, to interview. Uh, really resonate with uh, with this theme. So I hope you guys are finding a lot of value out of it. Uh, if you're a new time listener, you can go back to listen to uh, not just uh, this this season, but go back to the the previous season. Binge binge listen to uh, you know the the idea of life, you being your greatest asset, uh, before getting to uh, the theme of liberty, which is uh, the I would say understanding of a human uh, human beings. Uh, I would say instinctive desire for for freedom, uh, not just from a, a country perspective, uh, but also from a professional perspective. Uh, and I think there's a lot that goes into to that, which I'm obviously not going to explain right now. But uh, my book that's coming out in just uh, just a little bit, a few weeks. I've actually submitted all the final information, uh, and uh, so it's the launch date should be uh, released soon, um, most likely toward the end of July. Uh, but uh, but stay tuned for that. But the the theme of that book is is obviously uh, in line with what we're doing this year in 2018, which is uh, four months of life, you are your greatest asset. Four months of liberty, which is the pursuit of freedom, not the pursuit of retirement. Uh, and then finally, we're going to end with the uh, pursuit of property and what that means. And uh, so this is uh, the the author today, or the author and and guest today. Uh, his name is Joel Com, and uh, he recently wrote the book, uh, The Fun Formula, and it has to do with uh, professional life and uh, the opportunities that are available to so many people, whether it's uh, internally in a company uh, or externally. And uh, you guys are going to love him. Awesome personality. Such a cool interview. It's really fun to, to talk to this guy. Uh, and uh, he's also the host of the uh, the Bad Crypto Podcast. Yes, that's that's uh, what it is. It's the Bad Crypto Podcast. Uh, you'll uh, hear a little bit about that. Uh, but he's also the host and executive producer of The Next Internet Millionaire. And uh, he has been an entrepreneur for a really long time, an online entrepreneur. And uh, he is uh, he's one of a kind. And it was such a, a blessing to, uh, to interview him. You can go check him out at uh, joelcom.com. So it's J-O-E-L-C-O-M-M. So two M's, dot com. And uh, you guys are going to get a kick out of it. So uh, if you are a new time listener, get to the website. We have a bunch of information there, thewealthstandard.com, uh, or hit us up online. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Patrick Donahoe, CEO. And uh, I look forward to with you know, some future announcements in relation to, uh, to the book and some other cool things that we're working on. All right, without further, uh, further delay, here is my interview with Joel Kahn. Welcome to the 2018 seasons of the Wealth Standard Podcast, celebrating life, liberty, and property. You are listening to Liberty Season Two. So, Joel, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Patrick. It's my pleasure. Well, Joel, this is going to be a, it's going to be an awesome conversation because this is you know the idea of work, the idea of you know producing. It's what we spend like the majority of our life doing. It seems, mm-hmm. and you know I think that there's this amazing revolution going on in your your new book uh, that has just come out. Uh, and I want you to talk a little bit about that. It, it themes into, you know, really what I've been trying to address in the last uh, couple months. And, uh, and it's this idea of, you know, how rapidly evolving our society is when it comes to professions. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think that there's a, a massive revolution going on right now in that, 
you know, the dissatisfaction people have at work isn't necessarily something they have to put up with anymore. Mm. So anyway, I'm excited to, you know, it's the first time we've met. I'm excited to, you know, really dive into this, this topic uh, specific to your new book. But why don't you just go ahead and give us a, a little bit of your, uh, your background, uh, and then we'll get into the topic at hand. Well, there's my background behind me. So that's my <laughs> office. Oh, sorry. Bad, bad joke. Um, I've been uh, doing business online now for almost 23 years. And in that time, I've created sites. I've bought sites. I've sold sites. I've done affiliate marketing, internet marketing, social media marketing. I've written 15 books. I'm an international keynote speaker. I'm a video producer, a live video marketing strategist, a blogger, a podcaster. Um, it, pretty much I've done everything that's not illegal, immoral, or fattening. <laughs> thinking about owning, you know, opening my own donut shop or something so I can cross off one of those. And um, and now I've got the, my 15th book is out, my brand new book called The Fun formula. And this is, um, this is kind of my core message. This is what I want people to know. And I think it's going to be really inspiring to them. So I'll, I'll hit you with a, a curveball right out of the gate. What is the, the weirdest successful business you've ever seen online? The one I've ever seen? The one that was like, that's a business? Um, gosh, I, you know, I don't know. Weird to me. Maybe my own, um, you know, I'm going to just go with my own. The fact that I created a fart app that, you know, a fart has app. had millions of, of downloads and made me a big sack of cash. Uh, that's pretty weird. I never saw that coming. I saw recently a Japanese candy subscri uh, subscription box model. So you get this box of like different types of Japanese candy every month. Oh, I get that. They're, yeah, they're big on them. There's some stores that do imports of that and people, you know, they're, they're fanatical about their Japanese candy. All right. So let's, you let's think go. in Japan that they have an American candy subscription box because we, we make a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. But those are like iconic brands. That wouldn't be, but you never know. They probably, they probably do. I just thought that was the weirdest one I've seen. So I haven't seen much apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's pivot, let's pivot to the, the topic at hand. So you know, obviously your, your experience, I would say professionally is, is atypical, right? And so you're, you get to see, you know, what a person's mind and their creative abilities can do online. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, how, how did you decide to write, to write a book for, for the masses, right? A message that, you know, maybe someone not as versed or experienced on the internet uh, could take and be excited about and apply to, you know, their, their specific circumstance. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I started with nothing just like everybody, you know, mm -hmm. just a dream to, to build a business and to do something cool. And so what I've done is I've reverse engineered my 23 years of doing business and I've looked at my massive successes and my massive failures and everything in between. And uh, as I reverse engineered these, I discovered something really interesting that I think I knew in my core, but now that I've seen not once, not twice, but you know, many times it play out again and again, the massive successes took the least amount of effort. And they happened when I was my most curious, when I was willing to take the greatest risk, and when I allowed the process, the serendipity to happen in its own natural time, when it wasn't forced. It's when I was doing the hustle and grind 
that I actually had my biggest failures and my biggest frustrations and, and feeling unfulfilled. And so the fun formula is really intended to be liberating because the message of hustle and grind has been forced on people to the point where it's dogmatic. And, and many people actually believe you got to get up first. You got to work all day. You got to, I'm going to grind away at it like it's a virtue and I'm going to be the last one out of the office and I'm going to work weekends. Mm -hmm. That is a recipe unless you are in the point one percent that is a recipe for disaster mm -hmm. not only for the success of your business but also for your personal life success of you message no it's totally true and you know it's it's one of those you know i grew up in a kind of a military family and mm -hmm. my dad was this like hardcore like what you just described right and he you know and i think there are some elements of that 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 were important but they sent me off to like you know, the corn farms of Tennessee in the summers, right, to learn hard work, mm -hmm. right? And, and my uncle was a soil scientist for the University of Tennessee. So, so this was, I mean, I learned there that I, you know, that I hate hard, hard work. Uh, and <laughs> oh, you know, well, there's that, nothing like, wrong with it. Guard me, right? So that I would seek things that, you know, aren't as, as labor, you know, labor intensive. Well, right, let's be fair, though, Patrick. There's nothing wrong with hard work. Mm -hmm. You know, previous generations have taught us that hard work is a virtue, and I agree with that. And there are times that you need to buckle down and get it done. Mm -hmm. But as a lifestyle, it's not sustainable, and it's not healthy. And just because hard work is a virtue, 10x the work doesn't make 10x the virtue. Mm -hmm. No, it's totally true. And, you know, and it's not, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I, I did an interview earlier this year gosh, the guy's name's like totally escaping me, but it talks about kids. And I think it's a, a very similar principle where, you know, kids are taught to, you know, have this regimen, you know, in the public school system, this regimen of, you know, do this, 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 you get this grade, you get this, you know, criteria, uh, you work independently. But his whole, his whole premise is that kids, right, are going to thrive more so when they're playing and having fun because that's when, you know, and maybe you did this, some, some of this research for the book, but, you know, it's a different part of the brain, right? You're starting to, you know, your mind when you're a youth, your, your neural pathways aren't necessarily formed yet. Mm -hmm. And the creativity and the fun is like thriving. And that I think is just natural for people is to seek things that are, are you know, pleasurable, right? And I don't think that has to be excluded from work. No, I think it's, it's fine to, uh, and important to learn how to adult. But whoever said we have to grow up uh, and that is to leave our, our curiosity and wonder and, uh, and childlikeness and, and our souls behind. Uh, that is not the answer. That, that is the road to bitterness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm 54 years old, but a part of my bio, the last line is eternal 12-year-old. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, um, maybe there's a part of me that's forever, you know, stunted and stuck there. Mm -hmm. uh, I do what motivates me what drives me and guess what i've made a lot of money i've also lost a lot of money once you know how to make money it's no longer about money it's about lifestyle yep, the fear goes away right we have these these people out there that are are leeching off those that are susceptible especially young people and the messages are hey you want to be like me and have this lambo in your garage and you want to have this big house and stacks of cash and boats and vacation homes and nothing wrong with any of that but if you think that that is going to fulfill you 
you got another thing coming. All you have to do is look at the decades of, you know, data we have on people who seemingly have had it all and have taken their own lives to know mm -hmm. that that is not the solution. That is a dead end road that makes you go, now what? Mm -hmm. uh, and so money is no longer a motivating factor for me. And believe me, I've had times in my life where I've had more, mm -hmm. much more, but I am much more content with less right now because I'm living a lifestyle that is congruent with who I am. And that's what the fun formula is all about. And there's people, your audience is listening and, and I guarantee you there are people that are trapped by their American dream. It's become their own prison mm -hmm. because they got the big house and the, the fat mortgage and, you know, they have to live in a certain neighborhood and they're working this J-O-B that they hate planning for 5, 10, 20 years from now when they can escape it and retire. Boy, that to me is the very definition of selling your soul. <clears throat> now, don't get me wrong. There are some people that I have great respect for that are doing the hard work because they have to. Mm -hmm. They're supported. They might be a single mother. You know, you're supporting your family, your kids. I get that. I'm talking about people that are pursuing this because they think there's a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Mm -hmm. And for one in, you know, 50,000 pulling that data out of my ear, but it's a very small minority of people that that's actually the case. You're, you're going down the wrong road. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about pivoting in, in just a second, but I want to hit on, on something. And, we, and you and I didn't have this discussion beforehand. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, the, the philosophy behind what you're saying is you know, really what your book is, I believe, is the, the true American dream. I think the American dream has evolved and become something else to people. But what we've done this year for, uh, for the show is we broke it into three, uh, three parts, and each part has a theme. And the overarching quote that you know, essentially created the theme is from uh, John Locke, so that the philosopher in England way back in the mm -hmm. you know, 16, 1700s. Uh, he, he, he's the one that first coined the uh, phrase about human prosperity, which is they have to have, you know, freedom for life, freedom for liberty. Uh, and he said property, even though Thomas Jefferson took it and, and talked about uh, freedom to pursue happiness, you know, going to your, your book. Uh, and, and so this part of the, the year, you know, we're talking about liberty, which is freedom. And some of the things you're mentioning are, are perfect because I think people are pursuing fulfillment. They just think fulfillment is going to come by having material things, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and the perfect example is just what we've experienced, you know, with Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain just in the last couple of weeks, right? Where guys that achieved, you know, what people strive their whole life to achieve, right? But yet they take their own lives and, you know, who knows, there's a variety of reasons behind it, right? But it's, it's really the seeking of fulfillment that I believe people are after and they just connect it with, you know, this, this you know, new kind of pseudo uh, American dream, which is, you know, this... Uh, flashy car, flashy home, flashy lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? And that's, and I'm not sure if you identify in the book, but you know, do, if you do, you know, how do you, how do you t start to teach people uh, how to, how to, you know, essentially align themselves with what they're most likely seeking in the first place? Mm -hmm. And then what are some of the first steps uh, that you, uh, that you talk about? Well, stop listening to the people that are trying to sell you something because that's what they're doing. The guy in his garage with his Lambo is just trying to sell you a course. Mm -hmm. He's selling you a false dream. It's a false God, a false idol mm -hmm. that <clears throat> it, 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 it's a load. I mean, you know, it's like, um, <clears throat> a lot of marketing is is like television 
<clears throat> is about selling toothpaste and toilet paper, right? That's why the news exists to, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> is to scare people because if we're afraid, then we're paying attention. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, you know, it's entertainment from a, the fear side. <clears throat> Tune out those negative voices. Tune in to what you really want. Mm -hmm. You might not know exactly what that is, but then do something. Do something different. Follow those passions. Follow your curiosity down the rabbit hole. Don't think that you don't have value to add mm -hmm. because you do in your own unique way. And, you know, when we look at planning out for a lifetime, once upon a time, you know, our grandparents, our parents went to work and they were, you worked for one company for 40 years and then you get the gold watch and you'd retire. Well, retirement is, is not only not an option for a lot of people, but it's a myth. Mm -hmm. Who wants to just stop producing? Now, there might be a point in your life where physically you're not able to do something, mm -hmm. but the moment you stop living, you know, is it from the movie Shawshank Redemption? You know, get busy living or get busy dying. Um, and so you have to do something. You have to be willing to take risks and you have to be willing to shut out the voices of those who are telling you that you can't or you shouldn't and you should do it anyway. It's the only way you're really going to find fulfillment. If you feel like you are trapped in a situation that you can't change, you are actually way more empowered to make a change than you know. Maybe you've been convinced that you're stuck. But the only one who is really in charge of you being stuck is you. And you always, always have options. Whether they're attractive options or they seem attractive or not, you are still in control. And, and you know, people get into so much negative talk to themselves, Patrick. If, if, and I'm guilty of it as well, right? We all are, yeah. We can be really hard on ourselves. And it dawned on me that if I had any friends that spoke to me the same way that I talked to myself, that would be a really bad friend. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we need to be kinder to ourselves and believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's a What's, whole mishmash. It's like a, a, a stew there of things. And a, a no, lot but of I think everyone will understand each of the ingredients of that stew, right? Because we've been, I've been hitting on all of this. That's why this is, this is kind of the serendipity, right? Of, uh, of our conversation, but you're, you're hitting on, you're hitting on some points that I feel really passionate about because, you know, I know people that, that have, you know, quote unquote retired or, or pursued that or, or gone and pursued, you know, the American dream as they, you know, contextualized it uh, but in the end it's it's this it's this kind of like it's not a it's a tangible end right it's not a emotionally driven end because I think people are trying to achieve you know a sense of emotion when they're in this you know retirement which is not being afraid right which is not having to do something but that's the thing it's like that's not that's not the definition of retirement retirement is to stop doing right mm -hmm. to stop contributing this is stop, you know, they, it's, a, it's a definition of, and I've never really talked about this before, but it's a definition of not having to, which is freedom versus stopping doing. It's a conflict, right? It's a, it's a the word retirement and what people are seeking, I would assume, is in conflict. And in the, in the end, it's like we're meant to, you know, take our uniqueness and provide that to, to, to others, right? In whatever, right. in whatever form. But I would say like today, yeah, maybe 40, 50 years ago, there were, you know, a certain basket of, of positions, right? Attorney, lawyer, doctor. But today it's like, you know, 
Japanese candy delivering it in a box. I mean, right. essentially proof that people can essentially, you know, come up with whatever they're passionate about and turn it into a business or at least go right. out and seek a business that right. they're passionate about. I mean, I took, I took a part of my team to, um, uh, to this virtual reality game place. And it looked like these guys that sold like, you know, sold a million dollars of Bitcoin and took it and like invested in all these like computers and VR headsets. I just took this like retail store without doing any upgrading. They just threw all that. <laughs> they just threw all this stuff into like this room. And they had people lined up after, you know, our assigned uh, two hours. They had people lined up at the door, you know, one, and the guy was just like giddy as can be, right? But I would say today there's no better time to go out and discover, you know, something that you could do, be paid for, be, be a part of right? That aligns with something that you are interested in and excited about. And, I, and I'm assuming that that's, you know, part of the equation that you're trying to teach people. It is. And of course, it's not a mathematical formula because for each person, it's going to be unique and it's going to be different. But that's the beauty of the fun formula is it goes back to your uniqueness. It goes back to not letting people should on you. Culture telling you who you are, parents, teachers, peers, what you should be, how you should live. You are empowered today, whether you are aware of it or not, whether you accept it or not, whether any Anybody else has ever told you that or not, and the change you can affect is up to you. In fact, you know, people, there, there's people that would say, oh, this is easy for you to say, Joel. You know, you've already been successful. I mean, I've had 15 books. I'm a New York Times bestseller. I've had a number one iPhone app. I sold a site to Yahoo. And there's this whole list of things that I've done that were tremendously successful. There's also an even longer list of things that I've done that failed or at best had, you know, moderate success. Mm -hmm. But it's because I've been willing to take a risk and people are afraid. They're afraid of, of what if I don't, what if I fail? Hey, failure is the best teacher you yeah. will ever meet. Mm -hmm. It will show, it will, you will learn so much about yourself from failure and it's not something to be shied away from if you want to grow you have to take risks and if you want to live your dream you're going to have to put yourself out there and and if you're self-doubting i can identify with that because you know just because you've had a success doesn't mean that you've always feel successful in fact you know if you look at any musician or performer once they've hit the top of the charts what is their biggest fear not being able to go yeah. that they won't be yeah. able to stay there yeah you know how hard must it have been for somebody like michael jackson after thriller and bad to not have the public pay attention to his music or care about the new stuff he was writing uh, everything was so sensationalized about what he was up to and what mm -hmm. he looked like Never again did he top the charts. And, you know, as I was writing this book, I was recovering from um, a really difficult period in my life, you know, with broken uh, relationships and part, uh, my business was, had, you know, gone downhill. And I was beginning to doubt myself and, and ask myself the same questions that many here that are listening are asking. And that question is, is my greatest work behind me? No, it, when we believe our greatest work is behind us, we can lose hope. Mm -hmm. And even as I turned in the first draft of this book, while 
from outward appearances, I was very successful writing and speaking and traveling and getting brand influencer gigs. I didn't feel like any of those things were a home run for me. Hmm. And I began to wonder, am I going to have another home run? Uh, and I knew I couldn't manufacture it. I knew, I understood that I just needed to allow the process to take place. And indeed, in between the first and second draft, it happened, Patrick. Didn't see it coming. Couldn't have planned it. I had this, this natural curiosity about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, blockchain, all the digital money mm -hmm. that's, that's going to revolutionize the world. And I started going down the rabbit hole um, last April. And long story short, by July, I was so fascinated with it that I started a podcast with my friend Travis Wright, who's a leading marketing technologist. And within two days later, we put up this podcast July 18, 2017, called the Bad Crypto Podcast. Bad because we didn't really know what we were talking about. <laughs> and we took our experience as broadcasters and podcasters and hosts, and we created the show, which has now um, become a huge pivot for me because it's a home run. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm having a great time. And I could not have seen it coming. I couldn't have planned it, but I allowed the process to take place, and the magic happened again. And uh, so even though I've been there and had successes, I was doubting myself. And now I've got a bigger platform than ever before. So I'll, I'm going to pull out kind of two, two things uh, from, from what, you just, what you just said, which I think are, are important because I agree. I mean, I think uh, fear is one of the most powerful emotions, right? And fear of failure, uh, I think, is, you know, a, a subset of that emotion that, uh, that, everybody, that everybody has. So my, my question is, you know, where does, where does that come from, right? And, and why rationally do we know that it, it is, you know, the whole acronym false evidence appearing real? I mean, there's a million of them, mm -hmm. right? Why do we know that rationally, but yet we still have that internal, like, well, I don't want to fail. Or if I fail, then, you know, this is going to happen. We start to play these like story, you know, these stories out in our mind, even though we know that failure is one of the most, you know, important critical mm -hmm. uh, steps to achievement or, or to. We live in a performance oriented world. That's just yep. the reality. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. Mm -hmm. If everybody got a trophy, and in some cases they do get participation trophies, I don't think that serves anybody. Mm -hmm. There's no winners. There's no losers. We're all the same. We are all homogenous robots. We are all the same. But we're not. We're unique individuals with unique value to bring. And, mm -hmm. and we begin believing these messages that failure equals a shortcoming in us. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? We've all got shortcomings. If your failure reveals it, it it's been there all along. Mm -hmm. I am so flawed and so broken and full of shortcomings, but I'm able to embrace that. Okay. And, yeah. and I think that there's, there's empowerment in embracing your humanity yeah. and being flawed and recognizing that in the vast knowledge and information that is in the universe, you know so little that you mm -hmm. couldn't even see it. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was a, a dot on a piece of paper, we don't, we don't know anything and nope. we control about this much. Mm -hmm. you know, we struggle and strive to be in control of our lives, but you weren't, it, nobody controlled, you did not control when you were born. Mm -hmm. And unless you are sadly and tragically taking your own life, which I encourage no one to do, mm -hmm. you don't control when you die. Nope. What makes you think that in this little short life you have, 
that you have control over much more than choosing your meals or where you're going to go, or what you're going to do. There are 7 billion other people in the world, all of which could impact you at any time. There are environmental factors, there are political factors, there are economic factors that you have no control over and that makes us afraid mm -hmm. but when we let go and understand that we don't have to control everything that opens up opportunities for us to try things that we would not otherwise have the courage to try now this is it and that, that was actually to be the second part of my part of my question uh or, or second question i had have you, have you ever read the David Hawkins' Letting Go? The, I have not. Yeah, he wrote Power Versus Force. And he's a, he's a, he's a he has MD. He brilliant guy. Actually, I think he may have passed away recently. Uh, but this, the letting go principle is actually not this kind of like theoretical thing. It's, it's, actual, it's, it's an actual provable, it's like a scientifically provable idea. And it's amazing. It's, it's, it's the, I'm going to totally botch this, but, you know, letting go of outcome right, is actually going to make the outcome much more probable, right, to your, your uh, ideal outcome much more probable to happen, right? Oh, or an outcome that you didn't see coming. Yeah, it's better. So magical. Yeah, or not. And that's the, you know, that's the idea. You make, some, you make some great points. And, you know, I think people, maybe it's our survival instinct. Maybe it's part of our, you know, social, you know, our, our social makeup that you know makes us want to to be perfect or look perfect or act perfect or whatever uh, but but in the end you're you're absolutely right and i think that you know oftentimes you know people for, forget that because of those instincts so do you talk about you know in in the book about overcoming uh those you know emotional powerful like powerful uh, emotional uh, blockages that we have. Yeah, that's in there as well as stories from, you know, others that I've encountered on my journey that are also living out their version of, uh, of the fun formula. You know, it's a Thoreau one said, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Desperation, yeah. And, and uh, they're planning for a future that may never come. Uh, you know, I've got, I know people that have done the hustle and grind for decades, commuting back and forth to a job they hate because at the end of the road, this is what they're going to do, right? They've got fill in the blank. What if that doesn't come? What if a change in plans? What if, you know, what if you don't get to live longer than, you know, you thought you might? Or what if there's a health issue or a family issue or invite, you know, anything that could change your plans. And, you know, there's this proverb that people say, man plans and God laughs. I don't think he laughs. I think he goes, oh, why are you doing that? There's, there's a better way than that way. And I just want to let people know you can escape the hustle and grind. You can have the life that you dream of and you can bring value to the world in a unique way that nobody else can. And, and my desire for you is to experience that. Well, Joel, we share a lot of the same, you know, ideas. Obviously we're in completely different, different businesses. Uh, but, but we're neighbors. I'm in Colorado and you're in Utah. Yeah. We're, we're Rocky mountain neighbors. Yeah. You're on the <laughs> other side. Uh, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things where I think, you know, because we live in such an amazing, you know, an amazing world. Uh, and I, I was mentioning to you the, the interview I had a few weeks ago with John uh, Tamney, who's, you know, an economist and a very well-versed, uh, very knowledgeable economist, right? Same idea, approaching it from a different standpoint, right? But he's, he's making the case that, 
the world is so quickly evolving. And, you know, he, his book went against the whole, you know, automation and robotics and how it's going to displace tons of, of workers. Okay. And, and a lot of people are afraid of that. And they're coming to conclusions like, you know, universal basic income and, and some other things. But his case is that, you know, human beings often, they'll, they'll figure they'll figure it out. They'll come up with things that don't exist right now. Of course they'll they invent will. jobs that don't exist right now, uh, right? but it gives more and more and more abundance to really find something that, that does fulfill us. Right. But also can provide the remuneration that can provide income, yeah. can provide a, a lifestyle. And, and I think it's more probable than ever. And he also makes a case that you have these like, you know, not anti-American, I guess they're anti-American, but you know, the country we live in, despite its many flaws, if you compare that to, you know, the, the rest of the world, like we are insanely blessed. And it's one of those, you know, opportunities of a lifetime to take the steps to live a life you love. And if you are experiencing adversity, you know, it's to dissect it and realize that, you know, there's other things that you can do and it's not worth, you know, sacrificing uh, that time for, you know, I, I believe that it's people are just convinced that I have to grind, 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 grind so that I can retire and then I'll be happy. And I, I just hate that. I, I don't like that hypothesis because I don't yeah. think it works. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. We do live in amazing times. There is more opportunity to live a true American dream and, and really beyond America into the world. There's more opportunity now than there has ever been. You know, in the early days, you know, in an agrarian society, you went out and you worked the fields. That's what you did. You harvested your crops. You went to market. You know, you, you provided services like that. And then we went to the industrial age. And many of the, you know, agrarian jobs were replaced by machines. And then we go into the digital age and we have computers. And we're entering the robotic age. But it's also a service industry age. You know, it, now on any given day, I'll call, you know, for a lift to come pick me up. And I don't have to drive to get where I'm going and somebody's making money from that, doing something they couldn't do before. I'll have Instacart deliver me groceries. Somebody's shopping for me. You know, I'll have Zeal come in and, and do a massage, a therapeutic massage here in, you know, my apartment instead of going out to a spa. There's people that are doing all kinds of services and there's going to be more like that. Become skilled at something you love to do and Odds are you'll find a way to monetize that. Now I'll hit on one more thing. I know we've like talked about a thousand different topics, but most people will say, "Oh, you're you're paying for this and you're paying for that, and oh, how how expensive." But the idea in the end is that it's it's very similar to how I look at you know a financial statement, right? You have assets, liabilities, and cash flow, right? You you know what you're good at right? You know where your time is best dedicated and you want to try to dedicate as much of your time there as possible. And so you pay for the convenience, the efficiency to do more of it. And you're well, also sure. rewarding people who's, it's, you know, you can't give yourself a massage, right? But, you know, could you make your own food? Yeah, but that's not your talent. And if you, you know, find talent in somebody else that you allow them to do that, there's this like karmatic effect to it. Right. You're putting into the economy and not only that, but uh, it's, it, you know, um, if I have somebody deliver my groceries, yes, I can spend time working. I could also spend time not working and having and not fun going to the store. The, the most valuable asset I have is my time and how I choose to mm -hmm. use it. Yep. And so I'm willing to pay a premium because what I'm actually paying for is to have 
more time to do what I want to do. It's not just the food being delivered. Mm -hmm. It's not going to the store, not dealing with traffic. Yep. Or not dealing with choosing this or choosing this or choosing this. I mean, there's like so much. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting, you're hitting on all of it. Those were amazing. Those were amazing comments. All right. Well, why don't you tell the audience, you know, cause I, I know you, your time is really valuable. Uh, you know, what uh, the, the book, go out and get the book. Yeah. Uh, and formula you know, we'll actually give a bunch of them. We'll, we'll get a couple, we'll get a, we'll get a few uh, from you and give them out to the, uh, give them out to the audience. Uh, but what are, what are the best ways to, to follow you? I, yeah. you're, every, you're everywhere. I think there's something on your website that says like, you know, just Google me. And yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll grab the book at funformulabook.com and, and wherever you purchase it from, come back to that page and put in your name, your email and your order number. And there's a ton of bonuses, you know, including an instant download of the digital book. Um, there's three videos that I've created just for people who've purchased it. There's going to be an exclusive webinar for uh, those who have bought it. 20% of the audio book, there is a free um, accompanying study guide that goes chapter by chapter to help flesh out the fun formula in your own life. And I promise you, this book will inspire you and it will make a difference in how you operate going forward. I can't wait to hear people's feedback. Funformulabook.com. Okay, Joel, it was amazing meeting you. Thanks for all you're doing. You can feel feel your excitement and energy around it. So thanks for sharing your message. Can't wait to hear feedback uh, on your book from, from the audience, but we'll definitely do this again soon. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you for joining us as the Wealth Standard Podcast spends all of 2018 celebrating life, liberty, and property. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll see you on the next one.